You are listening to the Gear 30 Podcast, a community, you could even call it a support group, for people addicted to outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. There is no shame here. In spite of what your spouse or partner may say, we believe it's okay to own five tents, seven backpacks, and 18 jackets. Our slogan, inspired by the great explorer Sir Ranolf Fiennes, is, there is no such thing as bad weather, only inappropriate gear. So if you're an aspiring outdoor adventurer, a mountain guide, or anyone in between, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Gear 30 Podcast, where we talk about outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. On our last episode, oh, I'm joined by Chase and Brandon, by the way. <laughs> yep, we are here. Still. <laughs> we're, here. We're, here. we're here, we're here. On, uh, on our last episode, we talked about trail etiquette, and uh, now we're going to talk a little bit about safety in the outdoors. So there's a lot of different things that can um, cause danger to us in the outdoors. We get out we get out in the outdoors to get away from life, to get away from technology, to get away from people and stuff like that, and just enjoy the solitude. And for the most part, uh, we succeed. But sometimes if we're not careful, we can get into big, big trouble. So we want to talk about a bunch of different potential dangers that are out on the trails and in the, in the back country. And uh, we won't go into detail on all of these things, but maybe some of the key, key things. But some of the things to consider, like altitude sickness, dehydration, getting lost, um, getting sick from water with like Jardia or Cryptosporidium or any of those types of things, hyperthermia, hypothermia, so hyperthermia being uh, heat stroke and, and some of those types of things, hypothermia, of course, getting too cold, insect issues, getting stung by bees or whatever, lightning, poisonous plants, snow, ice, the weather, rain, those types of things, snakes, stream crossings, sun-related problems like um, sunburns and, again, heat stroke. Uh, wildlife could be potentially dangerous. Wind, if, you get in, if you're in cold conditions and the wind really picks up, that can make it that much colder. Um, I like that snakes is separate from wildlife. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got special regulations for safety issues with snakes <laughs> right i think so because even though i'm probably much more likely to die from a moose i am like 10 times more scared of rattlesnakes and, and like Same. the first thing under weaver pathways it says never touch a snake <laughs> you don't have to tell me that one. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> don't worry about right. that happening and i wonder who the person is because you know that they've written that for a reason for mm, certain right. people but i just don't understand those people who are like hey look at that even the non-poisonous ones right like i'm not really uh, yeah yeah i don't want to go pick it up yeah L- leave it alone so the okay so this is a, that's a long list of stuff it what is. um what do you think is out of all of these is maybe the most um, ignored or, or maybe n- never thought about or le- least considered, hmm. I should say? Well, because everyone sort of knows dehydration. M- Lots of people drink, bring water. And right. Stuff. Maybe like the most common issues that we run into. So here in Utah, uh, along the Wasatch Front, snakes are an issue. Oh, yeah. We see rattlesnakes. And I've heard that this year is 
becoming one of the kind of a big year for rattlesnake run-ins. They're an issue, but meaning people see them all the time. I rarely hear rarely. people getting bit by them. Right. Right. It, it hap- it, it's hap- it definitely happens. It's just really rare. Yeah. They really don't want to. They're not like. That's the funny thing is when I was young, I thought they were like tigers, like if they or bears, like if they saw you, they were going to hunt you down (laughs) and take you out. You know, like they were hungry. And that's not the case. The rattlesnakes, uh, at least around here, are mostly not aggressive. They are. They just don't. They they try to avoid. They try to avoid as much as they can. Yeah. So uh, give them space and let them go about their day and you'll be fine. Right. Um, If you try and chase them down or throw rocks at them, that is a very bad slash illegal idea. Right. Yeah. 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 So I've run into, I don't know, in my day, probably 10 different rattlesnakes. And every single time it's, I run into them because I'm trail running or I'm mountain biking. I'm going fast on the trails and they, maybe they hear me or something, but don't have time to get out of the way. Then they're rattling and coiled up and stuff sometimes. And if I just back off, they, they get away. Uh, You cannot see those things in advance i swear <laughs> no, you're no. like on them when you see Boom. them yeah i mean thank goodness they rattle at you right, right? yeah you never know they were there my dog has run over the top of multiple rattlesnakes over the like years ran, ran over, over it and oh my gosh. and the snake was just coil like not ready to strike it was just curled up on the trail or whatever early in the morning or late in the evening curled up on the trail and my dog ran over the top of it because it didn't see it apparently dogs have a hard time seeing snakes when they're just laying flat on the ground they just don't see it so my dog ran over the top of it i followed my dog but i saw it right at the last minute so i like jumped about five feet in the air (laughs) (laughs) highest hurdle of your life yeah Yeah. and um (laughs) and then finally when we landed on the other side the snake started rattling we Mm -hmm. backed off a little bit my dog didn't want anything to do with it we backed off a little bit it went into the weeds everything was good but that's happened multiple times with me um, one time my wife was out running with the dog late in the evening and came up on a, uh, on the trail and, you know, 50, I don't know, 50 feet ahead of her. Or so I, I'm just recalling this story. There's a massive rattlesnake, huge. And she said, now she could have been exaggerating, but she said that that snake, when it was coiled, it was rattling and coiled up like it was going to strike as she was like trying to get a better look at it. And she said its head was like two and a half feet off the ground so you can imagine how big that snake was that was if a cobra yeah <laughs> <laughs> pretty much cobra rattlesnake. <laughs> yeah um so anyway she said that that snake was rattling so loud she was with a friend and the dog um, that rattlesnake was rattling so loud that the dog turned around and ran the other direction and didn't want to come anywhere close to that the thing. smart dog yeah thank goodness um, but yeah, you do run into snakes, but rarely do you hear about snake bites. And if you do, it's usually a dog that gets bitten, yeah. not usually people. I want to say maybe getting lost or, or maybe not yeah. wildlife. Maybe getting, I mean, because that's, Chase, you're, you participate in search and rescue. Do you think that's like where most people get in trouble? It's like, it is maybe, maybe overheating in the summer and then maybe a fall mm-hmm. a fall or, and then getting and then not being able to get out of wherever they're they're yeah, stuck yeah it seems on. like the large majority of calls are someone's fallen yeah they fall whether they fall down a a cliff or they fall they roll their ankle or they trip and break their collarbone most of them 
or falls. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not in an area that's has a lot of backcountry, so we don't get a lot of lost patients. Um, that definitely happens, surely does, but most of them are falls. But not included on this list list of of safety is um, or or hazards is is how to prepare for that. And we talk about the ten essentials, but like um, proper footwear and maybe trekking poles or in in the cell phone to call for like things that you can do uh, in case any of these things happen because most well I should say when I when I'm out hiking and I see people who haven't bought hiking shoes for whatever reason they're maybe they're just teenage teenagers and they're they're just out having a good time and they're it's like are great for hiking well or what like (laughs) like there was a girl who fell on our our foothills and she a bad bad fall and i and she just had those little slip-on shoes and she'd like displaced her and whole hips and stuff were broke um was she wearing like like toms type like yeah like they're just they the kids wanted to go for a hike so they go for a hike that's what teenagers do like let's it does not matter what they're they're like in short jean shorts and a cotton tee and slip on you know and like we're going hiking and so they go away went hiking and and she got hurt bad uh they had to helicopter her out and and so being prepared for the trail is probably the best thing you can do to help and knowing what possible dangers exist and what to look out for and so i have a a 17 year old and she loves to hike waterfall canyon and she doesn't really have proper gear but i always send her with um because she just doesn't go enough i guess but i always make sure she has her tennis shoes on and she has her cell phone with her and it's fully charged and she has a a, d- a backpack that has water and some of the ten essentials in it before snacks. she goes out. Yeah, snacks and stuff Jacket. like that, like the like the basics. Um, and if I didn't tell her to take that, she wouldn't take it. Right. <laughs> She's just like, we're we're going. Hi- I'm going hiking with my friend, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> like you have to, as a parent or as someone who's used to being out there on the trails, like, uh, here, take this pack, take right. this pack, and here's some stuff in it. And then like, oh, okay, oh, okay. And then sure enough, they like inevitably always use it they right. always drink all the water and <laughs> yeah. eat all the snacks and do all the you know so it's a right. good it's good practice to and, and remind people who are maybe new to the trails on what the, some of these potential dangers are right now i when i was young when i was probably eight years old i went backpacking for the first time with my dad and he gave me uh, an emergency blanket the little mylar things and he said always keep this in your pack no matter where you go and I thought, yeah, okay. So I did. I've never used it. Not once. Personally. I have used it for other people. I've run into other people who have needed it. I've used it with scouts as a scout leader. I've used a ton of them with scouts <laughs> as a scout leader. <coughs> but um, Shocker. That's a whole other rabbit hole. <laughs> right. Let's yeah, not get down that <laughs> way. But, um, but I've, I've never actually used it by myself. And yet I still take them everywhere I go. Even on trail runs. In my trail running pack, I have... an emergency blanket when i'm backpacking i have an emergency blanket when i'm in my car i've got like a big reflective i I have emergency blanket i have some other like a tarp and some other things that i just keep in my car i always have them with me and the reason for that is not because i think i'm going to use it but if i'm happen to be out and and again i've never used it because i've always been prepared with the other things i've need a rain jacket or warm warm clothes or whatever else 
But if I ever need something that's waterproof, that's going to insulate me just a little bit and whatever, if I need to spend a night out unplanned, that's going to be the difference between, I mean, possibly between suffering and being comfortable, but, but on the more extreme end, maybe living or dying. Yeah. And so that's one of the 10 essentials and, and having it like a headlamp or some sort of a flashlight. Most people have their phones and the phones have a light on them. So that's great, but make sure your phone's charged or, um, or have a headlamp. Um, ideally you'd have a rain jacket all the time, no matter where you're, where you are. Even in the middle of July. Right. Yeah. Even, and especially if you're going up to the mountains, you know, it may not rain that often here in the valleys. But in the summer, in the mountains, it usually rains most most afternoons. Yeah, and so that brings us into the next the next point here, which is lightning, and that's a it's a real threat. Uh, lightning did kill a hiker yesterday, yesterday the day before uh, in Colorado. Uh, he was with his wife. His wife was okay. How, how horrible would that be um, to see? Um, and I don't know how far apart they were. But what are some things you can do to avoid? getting hit by lightning in the high country? Well, first and foremost, try to avoid places where lightning likes to hang out. <laughs> yeah. Well, so if you're in the Uintas, so that's it's like every day right. from like noon to two or three. Right. Mm-hmm. So we've talked a lot about Kings Peak on this podcast because that's, that's the highest peak in Utah. It's a popular one and seems like all of the scouts will do it once in their life and the rest of us will do it you know, multiple times because it's a, it's a nice hike and everything. But for those of us that understand, we try to hit the summit of King's Peak and be heading down by noon at the latest, yeah. right? Because yep. noon and later, that's when the, the lightning shows up. And yep. we want to be well below the, the peaks and the ridges and stuff before the lightning hits. We want to be down in the valleys, away from people. It blows me away when I'm hiking King's Peak and I'm heading down and it's 10 in the morning, 11 in the morning, and I'm passing loads of scouts and loads of other people who are heading up. And I know they're still a couple hours at least away from the summit. And I can see clouds in the distance starting to, to appear. And as when the you're day above treeline, uh, you typically you're so far above treeline. There's uh, it's not it's not a fast endeavor to get below tra- treeline and you're completely exposed. Right. Right. So, so yeah, if you're, if you're trying to avoid lightning, then avoid hiking on, on the ridges and the peaks and the higher areas above tree line afternoon, like afternoon thunderstorms are a real thing. And on really hot days, it can, it, those can happen even earlier in the day. But usually if you can be off of the ridges before noon, you should be pretty good. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to sound condescending to listeners who think like I'm trying to dumb things down, but I didn't actually, I, I hadn't heard the phrase Alpine start for, for, it was a long time until someone said, oh, it's Alpine start tomorrow. And I'm like, what, the, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? But that's what that means. Like get, you get up early, you get up early so that you can hit those peaks early before the s- summer storms come in, afternoon storms come in and then you get down. So it's like three, four in the morning, you're up and at it, Alpine start so that you're hiking in the dark and then you get to your destination early right so years ago i was i went up to climb the grand teton with a buddy of mine we were going to do the full exum ridge and we started hiking early in the morning we got up to the lower saddle neither of us had been on the on the route before so we weren't sure exactly we couldn't see where to go without the sun coming up so we waited for the sun to come up and by the time we got on the route there were like seven or eight groups ahead of us 
And so unfortunately we, both he and I were strong climbers and we were climbing very quickly, but we get, kept getting stuck behind these, these other climbers and it was taking a long time. We took a few variations, we passed some climbers and stuff, but either way, we probably took, uh, there's probably a total of two hours of climbing, of actual climbing on that lower Exum half of the route and three or four hours of waiting even though we were passing groups we probably passed at least half the groups and yet we just did a ton of waiting we wanted to be to the summit and off well before noon and we started we started climbing at probably 5:30 in the morning something like that we didn't get to the upper exum ridge until noon because we were waiting so much for all these other groups we got to the to Wall Street, which is the part that splits the lower and upper Exum, and we looked at the weather. We couldn't see a whole lot from there because we, there's like a big cliff on one side of us, so we <laughs> could only see kind of half of the sky. We looked up and we couldn't see any clouds or anything, and we thought, well, do we run for it and try to you know, get to the summit by two and off and hope that we don't get caught by thunderstorms, or do we head back down because we knew we were kind of chancing it? There were other people higher on the route that we could see, and we thought, well, we wouldn't be the only ones screwed on the mountain. <laughs> if we'll be screwed together. <laughs> we'll be screwed together, yeah. So, so we were thinking about it, and we decided, you know, let's go for it. <laughs> and literally, we started up the route. Maybe 10 minutes into the route, we heard thunder. thunder. Yeah. <laughs> we're just like, all right, let's get out of here as we start heading down like literally maybe five minutes later this thunder this cloud starts coming over the peak and we can hear thunder and lightning and and it's it's right on top of us they, hey hey weather moves fast up there right yeah. yeah and it's like it's like noon maybe just a little afternoon but it's like right on top of us crazy thing we said a prayer the storm split cleared up straight moses technique right there right that's what we uh <laughs> We rappelled off the mountain, got down lower, and like the as soon as we got down to the lower saddle, the it's like the clouds came back together and just unleashed. Yeah. It just went nuts on top of the peak. And there were other climbers that were on that mountain that were just scrambling to get down. They were just doing everything they could to get down. That's like a is that like a typical Tuesday in the Tetons? Probably. Is that like, yeah. it probably yeah. is. But everyone in Driggs is just laughing right now, like <laughs> you didn't know that? Yeah. And and we knew better. Like we, we wanted to be on top and down um before noon, but we we thought, Oh, the skies look clear, we'll we'll, well take a chance here and, and that's we got chased off. Little, I mean quickly. we've moved from trails to like high alpine, but um the the peak bagging and, and when you're hiking trails to get to the peak um that's sort of the the draw right it's like oh well i gotta get this peak and then you tend to make maybe irrational decisions right because of well altitude you can play into it, a little bit less oxygen and then just the the need to want to whatever it is to, to get up a certain mountain and then you see weather moving in or you're or you're injured or something and you push it too far um and so part of safety that's actually probably not what wasn't mentioned is is having the right mindset and right. no and knowing knowing those things in advance because when it comes time to actually make those decisions they're not as easy as as it might sound sitting here in a cozy lounge in gear 30 it's like yeah. like you could see the peak 
or whatever you know like it's like oh it's right there the clouds aren't that far away <laughs> but it's things happen fast up there right right and and so you're exactly right having the right mentality like having a turnaround time and sticking to it when you're mm-hmm. down at home thinking about it planning out the route you're thinking much more clearly than when you're up there so make a plan beforehand and stick to it now of course you can vary from that plan a little bit here and there as needed but when it comes to like you have a turnaround time on a peak because you know that thunderstorms pretty much always show up in the afternoon well stick with it don't be stupid and we got lucky that our stupid decision was very quickly remedied by lightning showing up and and scaring us down because had we gotten two hours further up the mountain, we would have been right near the summit when that lightning hit. Like we would have been really screwed. Well, we've got friends who've been hit by lightning, um, climbing the grand. So yeah. Yeah. So, and I've, I've actually been on the grand multiple times in lightning storms. Um, luckily I was lower, like I was near the lower saddle or lower but even still even not being on the peak in a lightning storm is terrifying i can't even imagine being right right near the top um but the other thing too is altitude can play a role when you're and heat and all that dehydration all that stuff can mess with your brain can make it hard to think clearly and make wise decisions um you know when you're feeling sick and stuff because of altitude or because of dehydration you're apathetic. You don't. You start stop caring about stuff and in making the right decision. You don't have to be on Everest hard. either. Right. Like it can be. I don't know what's what's low for out. Like may, you can start feeling it around maybe. I mean nine thousand up to you know right. eleven thousand. It doesn't have to be a thirteen fourteen thousand foot peak to right to feel those the, the effects of altitude, especially if you're coming from sea level or something. Right. Well, and not not to mention, the higher that you get, the more the sun has an effect on you, the the harsher the sun gets. And so even though the temperatures might be a little bit cooler, that sun can really zap you and take a lot out of you. It can can get sunburns more quickly. You can get dehydrated more quickly than you realize. When you start getting dehydrated and you start getting a pounding headache and, and all that type of stuff, it it makes it really difficult to make wise decisions and really difficult to keep moving and all that stuff. So you just got to be aware that all of that does play a role and, and you need to be careful about that. I'm going to run down these one last time, these different uh, things to look out for most common dangers in while well, hiking, I guess trail safety. I think we kind of covered it a little bit, but I think we just need to know our limitations that's hard though. Know sometimes. what you're know yeah. what you're capable of and and what you're not capable of and yeah, don't don't push it for the Instagram post, you know? What? <laughs> don't you dare. <laughs> I shots always always push it for the Instagram post. <laughs> but stand on the edge of the waterfall. Yeah. 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 You should. Well, you should. Yeah, you're you're that person who's pushing it for the Instagram post until you're I'm not saying that this woman who lost her husband was doing this or whatever, but you push it for an Instagram post until somebody gets seriously injured or, or dies or something. And then it, it's like the worst. Or you go to jail for five days because you walked in an illegal, in an, in an illegal spot in the hot pots in Yellowstone. Oh, (laughs) that guy's going to jail too. (laughs) Did it for the Insta. Uh, no, oh, no, I did see that. Yeah, did you see that? Yeah. He's serving. They lowered his fine 
from like 2000 to 1500 and gave him jail time because he really didn't want jail time. <laughs> he was much more willing to pay the fine. Well, so they the rules. so they lowered the <laughs> fine and gave him jail time. I think it was forty. Uh, oh, yes, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Be smart. So yeah, altitude sickness, uh, dehydration, getting lost, giardia, waterborne protozoan diseases, hyperthermia, hypothermia, insects, lightning, poisonous plants, which we didn't talk about, but uh, is a thing for sure. Yeah. Rain, fog, snow, ice, snakes, stream crossings. That's something else we didn't touch on. Um, Sun-related problems, wildlife, wind. Stream crossings is kind of scary. I just uh, I read another article, news article, where um, I think it was a dad lost his lost his kid and and or no, I think the dad died saving his kids from a strong current in a river. Wow. And then he got caught and and then taken out. Um, so yeah, stream cross, especially in the springs and the runoff times, that's they can be super dangerous. Uh, wildlife are never uh, don't don't try and ride the bison, um, <laughs> really, or or pet the bear. I saw a video <laughs> of a guy on buffalo back like a long time ago. <laughs> he, was a, <laughs> he was a professional. <laughs> and, and his was name was that. literally guy on a buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> so you're telling me? <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> so, um, cool. If, you, um, if you'd like to learn a little bit more about what not to do, um, you can follow Chase on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but you can go to weberpathways.org slash trail dash safety or just weberpathways.org and, and look under the trails and maps tab. And you can find a list of, of these things, some common dangers and, and things to avoid. Um, you can also go to our website, gear30.com, that's G-E-A-R-T-H-I-R-T-Y.com. And on our blog, we often post um, tips and, and tricks and what not to do and what gear you need for various situations so that you can stay safe and comfortable in the outdoors. And you can also follow Gear 30 on Instagram at gear underscore three zero and also follow us on Facebook or like us on Facebook or whatever you do with Facebook. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and you can, you'll be aware of all the sales that we have going on as well as, um, any blog posts and other things that we do. You, um, also we've got our, our, um, famous Bryden Bowley, who's on the Continental Divide Trail. He is, um, testing out gear for us and he's on a weekly or, or every couple weeks he's, um, posting about his experiences on the Continental Divide Trail. So that's fun. So... Um, check out our blog to be able to follow that. So thanks for listening to this episode, and we'll catch you on the next one. See you out there.